Welcome to the Growth Equation Podcast. We're your hosts, Brad Stahlberg and Steve Magnus. Brad, my man, how's it going? Things are going well, Steve. Um, things are going well over here. Certainly at an arm's length, you know, the world continues to be a crazy place, but i um, very fortunate that can't complain personally. How about yourself, man? I'm doing great. You know, I'm still in uh, book launch high, so we're doing we're doing wonderful here. Well, speaking of book launch high, now is a good time to plug your book, which is Do Hard Things. So if y'all haven't picked up a copy, you really ought to. It's just a phenomenal book. It is selling like hotcakes. It's getting wonderful reviews, really nice acclaim in the popular press, and it's so well deserved because um, you know I got to see it behind the Steve behind the scenes. Steve worked super hard on this book. He produced something that is going to provide so much value to so many people. Um, buy the book if you need to learn more about it before you buy it. Check out our podcast on the book we recorded it two weeks ago. Excellent. And you know what else you can do? You can head on over to our Patreon page, join it, and you can join our book club about Do Hard Things, which we'll be hosting up here coming up this month. And if you want other book clubs with other authors who are way better than I am, like Dan Pink, you know, we've had Alex Hutchinson, Dave Epstein, a lot of others. Don't forget the great Maria Konnikova. Yes. So lots of great authors come on monthly book club, plus all sorts of other goodies. Head on over patreon.com slash the growth equation. All right. So today we are going to talk about a principle for sustainable progress that um, it's kind of easy to take for granted if you really practice it, but a lot of people don't. And that is the trade-off between consistency and intensity. And what I mean by this is that in order to put together a really good work, whether it's an athletic race or competition or jump shot, whether it is a book like Steve and I write, whether it is starting a company, whether it is building a career as an accountant or an attorney, you've got to play the long game. We've talked about this Well, we've talked about this for a long time, speaking of the long game, which is brick by brick, step by step, small steps taken over time lead to big things. That requires being consistent. What doesn't work are these fits and starts. And a reason that people suffer from fits and starts is because they tend to go too hard too frequently or too hard too soon. And today we're going to talk about the psychology of why it's so tempting to do this We're going to talk about how to show restraint and hold oneself back for sustainable excellence. And we're going to talk about the time and the place to, as Steve would say, go to the well or see God. Yeah. So I think where I'd start is I'm going to start from the athletic standpoint. I remember doing this a a while ago, but for one year, I tracked um, who showed up to practice with my college team. And the simplest correlation to performance at the end of the year was who showed up consistently, didn't miss days, didn't matter how good they were, how bad they were, et cetera, et cetera. The people who showed up got 
better. And that's not some mind-blowing rev- revolution here. But I think often what we think about when we think of performance is we think, oh, we get better doing the really hard stuff, the stuff that no one else wants to do. And we have to like be incredibly intense and focused. And to a degree, like, yes, you need to bring intensity, but you can't consistently bring a 10 out of 10 intensity every day because it's psychologically and physically impossible. And that same principle holds outside of the athletic realm. So what you often see is those performers who are able to, you know, perform over the long haul, they bring this consistent, you know, work instead of these really high highs, which often it's almost this compensatory response are followed by these crashes, burnings, low lows that we then have to dig ourselves out of. So as an athlete, you want to have a lot of workouts that are between what we'll call a rate of perceived exertion, or for the non-exercise science folks, how hard it feels, between 6 and 8 out of 10. And you have a lot of workouts that are between 1 and 5 out of 10. These are your easy days, your recovery days. Maybe once or twice a month, you see 9 out of 10. And then maybe a couple times a year, you see 10 out of 10. And those are generally saved for races. Now, as an athlete, you've got all kinds of really solid feedback to kind of let you know where you're at. You've got things like heart rate, power. Um, You've also got the internal feeling of your body. Uh, And you start, as you get more experienced, you start to have gradations. Uh, With my coach, I like to joke around that there's lowercase hard, there's capital H hard, capital H-A, lowercase rd hard, all the way up to all caps hard. Whatever way you want to put it, zero to 10, capital, no capital hard. Uh, It's a lot harder when you step outside of the athletic realm when that feedback's not so immediate to be able to size up, well, what's the consistent threshold or sub-threshold effort that I'm going to be able to apply day in and day out? And what is too easy? And then what is above that? So how do you think about taking this concept, Steve, and really trying to gauge what does that six to eight out of 10 look like if you are, let's say, writing a book or starting a company or trying to um, learn a, a, a language or something like that? Yeah, the way I look at it is, do I have more good days than bad days? And the way I, you know, and I do this athletically and then also in kind of my writing world is you can almost quantify your days very simply on like, was it, you know, a three, a two or a one, a, a green, a yellow or a red. And what you want is a good number of green days, most likely a lot of yellow or average days, and then, you know, very seldom a red day. And if you see those red days show up and in my cognitive performance world, that could be man, I just didn't have the motivation or energy to sit down and write. My brain wasn't clear. I was just feeling fatigued, even though I had coffee and stimulants and whatever have you. It just wasn't clicking. What kind of stimulants are you using besides coffee? I I meant coffee. All right. Just making sure, Steve. Caffeine. Caffeine, man. No... We we are not the uh, we are not the bros who talk about you know our energy levels and sleep and then on the side are taking uh, taking drugs performance enhancing drugs. Um, anyways, so 
what we've got there is I look at kind of that that overall is if I start seeing a bunch of red days or days that are not going well, that tells me that I, I've pushed too far. I'm probably pushing too hard on my quote unquote hard days and I'm not in a sustainable pattern. The one other thing I'd say here, Brad, is sometimes, especially in your non-athletic realm, sometimes you have to uh, go to that place where it's too hard in order to recognize and understand what it is, because then you have this barometer for you're like, oh yeah, remember that? Like that period sucked. We don't want to be in that period. And, yeah. and, and that can be helpful. I like to think of it actually a little bit differently. Um, and your approach is a really solid one and I'm sure works for a lot of people. I like to start from the bottom up by saying, what are the things that are really important in my life for me to feel good? So examples can be an hour a day of some kind of physical practice, some kind of exercise. It can be seven to nine hours of sleep. It could be making sure that I eat dinner with my family. It could be shutting off all my work devices at 7 p.m. and winding down for the night by watching a TV show. It could be making sure that I don't eat lunch while I'm working. So a whole manner of other options too. I'm just naming some common ones. So you set those kind of boundaries and you do everything possible to work as much as you can and give it your all without encroaching on any of those boundaries. And that becomes your consistency, like your consistent high performance level. Then what going to the well means is suddenly you encroach on one of those boundaries. So maybe there's a really important week and you're working at night. Maybe you're not exercising for a week. And that's like the equivalent of getting up to an eight and a half or a nine out of 10. And then if you let go of multiple boundaries, so you're not exercising, you're eating through, um, you're, you're, excuse me, you're working through lunch, you're not there for your family. Again, it's very hard to do all these things. I'm saying just giving broad examples. But once you start throwing all those foundational boundaries out, those are the times that maybe you get once or twice a year. Otherwise, you're going to burn out. And I think it's very healthy for a lot of people to have a couple of these things in their day-to-day life. And it could be different, right? My family dinner with my phone off, could be your watching TV from 9 to 10, could be someone else's meditation or someone else's prayer. You know, the point is just have these things that make you feel good. Give yourself permission to work as hard as you can outside of those things. And then once those kind of personal foundational practices start going, that's when you're at that intensity level that's too high to be sustainable. Um, So it's just a different way. I think you're talking about it almost more top down, whereas I like to think about it bottom up. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think the overall picture is find some sort of feedback mechanism that works for you because both of those are signals, right? I'm looking at it as like, uh, where does this fall? If I see see more red days than yellow or green days, I need to rearrange things. You're saying, hey, if I don't have the time or if I start seeing these things I really want to do and need to do, and they're disappearing from my schedule, that's the alarm, the feedback that tells me, hey, realign. And I think that is the key, especially for you know, workplace or cognitive performance. Because as you said earlier, athletic performance, often we have these internal feedbacks almost you know, given to us. We either Bingo. feel injury, right? 
props up or something's more sore than it normally is, or we just have this kind of overwhelming sense of fatigue where we can't do anything and it really hits us physically. And that doesn't often come to us when we're talking about more intellectual pursuits. Exactly. That's why I was saying bingo as you were saying that. I couldn't agree more. I think the risk with intellectual pursuits is you have four straight years of green days where you're going to the well and then year five, you get a divorce, your kid won't talk to you, you realize that you have type two diabetes and you need two hip replacements. You had five years of green days. So I think that in sport, generally, you get a lot more objective and subjective indications that you're heading towards a cliff, where I think with intellectual work, I've seen this happen, you can really kind of work yourself to that cliff and not know that you're there until you're midway through your fall. Yeah. And I would say on that, it's not that you had five years of green days. It's that your system for understanding your internal struggle is off. So to, to me, it's like how you need to calibrate that um, and calibrate that in some way that like is gives you appropriate feedback and information. And, you know, you can again, you can do this through a manner of ways. There's all sorts of symptoms. For example, if you know, your sleep starts to be, it starts being a struggle to fall asleep or to get good sleep quality. That's always kind of one that, that, that goes. If you have a good friend or your spouse or your family can tell you when your mood shifts or changes, or when you get a little bit grumpy for a while, that's also often a signal. If you start, you know, spending, um, or avoiding friends, family, et cetera, also often a signal. So to me, it's for whatever the thing with intellectual work is the signals often vary so much more than athletic pursuits. So to me, it's, you know, understanding your signals so that you can calibrate properly and know when you're headed off the rails. Yep. All right. So the next thing to address is why it's so tempting to fall for intensity over consistency. So to get this backwards, and I think there's two things driving that. One is social pressure. So people are most likely to share on social media, write in their blog, want to talk about over cocktails the times that they went to the well. They make for much better stories. It's pretty boring to hit 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10 for 300 days straight. What's not boring is absolutely destroying yourself. Those make for good stories. So then we hold ourselves up to those stories and we do that too frequently. And then the second reason is... Often, you want to stop before you feel like you're totally worked, but that feeling of being totally worked is like a really good addictive feeling. So you see this in sport all the time, where oftentimes a trap that somewhat newer athletes get into is that they expect that they should be like really tired after every workout. And that's just not true. You shouldn't be really tired after every workout. And in the workday, the same thing's true. You can think like, oh, I just like, I love that feeling of just emptying out the tank. And maybe you could do that once or twice a week. As a writer, I know I could do that maybe once or twice a week. But if I do it anymore, like I get tired. I don't think as clearly. I start to become a little bit irritable. So it's knowing that it's okay not to feel like you're emptied out and to be able to actually identify when you're maybe 80% of the way there and then put the brakes on. We talked about this in peak performance, right? It was both Ernest Hemingway and Stephen King said that writing's the easy part, the hard part is stopping. And what they're saying is that it's fun, it feels great to empty it out, but if you empty it out for too many days, then you show up on day five and six and there's just nothing left. 
It, exactly. And I think, you know, I think especially is our culture kind of promotes that. And it's kind of that grind culture of like, look how hard I worked, look how hard I'm training, et cetera, et cetera. And it's the no pain, no gain culture where we think it has to be extremely hard in order to get adaptations, which often isn't the case. I mean, even in the athletic realm, you look at the research and training to failure often hurts more than it helps versus not training to failure. So <laughs> really important thing to add, and because I think this is a really great parallel to the workplace, because you see a lot of studies that say, hey, you can just do um, three days of training to failure a week and then make gains. What's fascinating are those studies are in untrained or very moderately trained individuals. So people that are just starting out. If you look at anybody in any sport that has a long training history, that mechanism will not work. And I think the same is true intellectually. Because when you're brand new, you don't have a capacity to do much. So anything that you do is going to make you feel tired. It's going to take you to close to failure. And you'll get better because there's just such a small starting point. But once you develop some fitness, once you develop a capacity, then suddenly hard is actually hard. And there's just no way that the mind-body system can adapt to repeated efforts like that. Yeah, it, exactly. I think that's a, a another good point. So to me, it's it's about how do you, again, like not push against, but it's be aware of this tendency to want to go to the well because it looks good, it's glorified, it's rewarded, etc. And again, as you said, Brad, you get all these almost like feel good hormones of, especially when you exercise, but even when you're doing intellectual pursuits of like, oh man, I accomplished something. So <laughs> to me, again, this is why every once in a while in athletic pursuits, I talk about seeing God, which is go to the freaking well and see what's there. But I think that that applies elsewhere is Every once in a while, it's good to almost reset and remind like, oh, this is what really hard or everything I got feels like. And that gives that sets that that calibration up a little bit. But you only want to go there, you know, again, it varies based on the task, but you only want to go there a, a handful of times a year. Yeah, I was just going to go if you do that too often, what happens is like injury burnout, but it's also... It, it it's almost like your your calibration also goes haywire because your brain goes like oh crap we're going here too much like next time let's be overly cautious and you often don't have the energy anymore to go to that point so your 10 out of 10 is now actually a 9 out of 10 even if it feels like a 10 out of 10 so i think the big thing there is that if you own your own calendar and your own workflow really take stock of, well, how often are you putting yourself in positions that's going to require a 10 out of 10 effort and try not to make it more than a few times a year? And then I think that if you're managing um, a team or an entire organization, it's being really clear about A, how hard you take people to the well, B, the reason why you're doing it, and then C, really important and something that a lot of leaders overlook is communicating to your people that, hey, we're going to the well, here's why. We're only going to do this X amount of times a year, but for the next three days, we're doing it. And I think that that is so important because similar to how an athlete trains, the worst kind of asshole coach would just not tell someone the purpose of the workout, why it's so hard, how frequently they're going to do it. And that athlete's going to get demoralized really quick. 
Whereas if an athlete knows that, hey, this is a really important workout, I'm not going to have to push myself this hard very frequently, and here's the reason we're doing it, well, then it fits into a broader program. So this consistency over intensity clearly doesn't mean that you never want intensity. It means that we should prioritize consistency and then build in very specific moments where we are being intense for a reason, and it's either to remind ourselves of what that feels like and or because the situation calls for us to really give a 10 out of 10 effort. Yeah, I couldn't have summed it up better. I think that's a a great place to kind of end with this uh, consistency over intensity. All right, so here's the deal. If you are listening to the podcast and you enjoy what we do, um, a couple of quick asks. Number one, over the next couple months, we're really going to focus on growing this podcast We're going to add production value. We're going to do the whole social media thing where we post cool snippets. So if you enjoy the podcast, share it with a couple of friends. Subscribe if you haven't already. Word of mouth is by far the best way that this particular body of work spreads. We've seen this with our books. We're going to try to do the same thing with our podcast. There are people out there that crave no-nonsense signal amidst a lot of noise when it comes to sustainable excellence. As you all know, that's what we're committed to. So share the podcast with a friend. The second thing, check out The Growth Equation on Instagram, where we are at The Growth Equation, all one word. And then if you're not already following us on Twitter, my man Steve is at Steve Magnus, and I am at B. Stahlberg. Uh, And with that, we will catch you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening to The Growth Equation podcast. Learn more about our work and find show notes at our website, www.thegrowtheq.com. Follow us on Twitter, at B. Stahlberg and at Steve Magnus. And if you like what you listen to, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, as this goes a long way in helping it reach others.